everybody. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. This is CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. It will run Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We'll do more days when the draft comes around. But right now, we're going to be fighting against the Masters. And speaking of the Masters, it's the greatest week of the year because the Masters are here. You hear the birds chip while Jim Nance peppers you with soft velvet through your television. It's a tra- tradition like no other. You know what else is a tradition like no other? Watching 72-plus hours of live streaming coverage, and the best place to do that is on CBS Sports, where we're offering you direct streaming access on your phone or computer to live coverage all day long for every single round of the Masters Tournament. We have four different streams, including the two feature groups, Amen Corner, Holes 15 and 16, and it's 100% free, not a penny, no subscription needed. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone or visit cbssports.com slash Masters First Cut today. And while you're there, check out my pal Kyle Porter on CBS Sports HQ. Kyle knows Augusta as well as anyone play golf there multiple times at friggin jerk and he will be live reporting from augusta national all week long cbs sports hq of course our 24 7 streaming sports network no fluff no fake arguments no politics just sports right in your face speaking in your face sean, Mc- sean wagner mcguff is in my face as he's on skype with me as we record this tuesday edition of the podcast back-to-back podcast for you do you feel um you feel blank how would you say uh, overworked. Um, <laughs> underpaid. Also, yeah, overworked, underpaid. Uh, like a little, you know, a little bit flattered. I think this is the first time I've been on back-to-back days. Wow, really? I do. I will say that, like, when I like, and look, I mean, sometimes I'm having trouble getting it. Like, like in a, on a non-super friends day, I'm having trouble getting a guest, uh, and it's getting a little later in the day, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my god, I have to have a podcast done. And I'll check Slack to see who's working, and I was like, "Oh, thank God, John's working," because I know that we can have a good conversation. Well, you'll, and if it was Ryan, Ryan would make you feel bad for adding another thing that he has to do. And, and, and when you call Ryan, and he and it wasn't planned out ahead of time, he answers. He's like, "Hello, <laughs> like, uh, hey Ryan, what's up?" He's like, "It's my son's birthday." You're like, oh, well, you could have said that. Like, I didn't. Right, have to. he's gonna make you feel guilty about it. Yeah. Whereas you're like, yeah, you know what? It's four o'clock my time. I'm not worried about it. Um. We're going to talk about teams who we think will miss the playoffs. But first, we got to talk about the fact that the NFL, Sean, is morphing into the NBA right before our very eyes. Uh, a pair of, we touched on these on, on Monday show, a pair of big time drama situations have really unfolded in the NFL over the last, like, seven, I mean, really like nine months. Or really like 10 years if you want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, but um, over the last 48 hours, just maybe 72 hours, has escalated tremendously. Let's first touch on the Green Bay Packers. Um, we uh, we saw, or do you want, actually, we'll touch on the, do you want to touch on the Steelers or the Packers? Which one's more interesting to you? I think the Packers thing is more interesting because the, we, the Antonio Brown stuff we kind of much covered yesterday. There's a couple of new things that happened. That's true. Um, on Monday, but let's, let's start with the Packers because uh, Rodgers came out firing. He did. He did come out firing. He appeared on ESPN Milwaukee, uh, the Wild and uh, Wildy. Excuse me. I always mess up Jason's name. Jason Wildy, a good friend of mine. Uh, Wildy and, and Tosh uh, show on ESPN Milwaukee, and he responded, and they posted this on their Twitter account. Um, you can listen to it. We're going to play it for you right now. This is Aaron Rodgers responding to Ty Dunn's article on Bleacher Report. It's ridiculous. It is 100% patently false. So 
it's either he made that crap up or what he would probably do as a writer is say, oh, my, this is my source's problem. They told me something. I talked to Mark early, like last week, and I said, Mark, who'd you, what'd you, did you tell somebody about the conversation? He goes, that's ridiculous. And I said, because that's not what happened. And he told, yeah, of course that's not what happened. We had a great conversation, like we always do. So, so that, that that's just one point of that article amongst a number of highly questionable things. Not to mention unnamed sources. I mean, put your name onto something. Mm, firing. He also called, I believe, um, Aaron Rodgers called the article a quote smear job. Smear attack by a writer trying to advance his career, talking with mostly irrelevant, bitter players who all have an agenda. Oh my God! He might as well have been like "f you, Greg Jennings." He, I mean, do you want to do you want to say "f you, Greg Jennings"? Do you want to? You know, you get your f bombs out on Monday show. No, I, I have no problems. With Did Greg you Jennings. listen to Monday show? By the way. Did I listen to it? Yeah. I listened to the very beginning and okay, then I so stopped listening. I, didn't I, I, I was going to try to find the F-bomb, but uh, I didn't know where it was. It seemed, it seemed cathartic when you did it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, look, I can say this to Ryan whenever <laughs> I want, but saying it in front of an audience is just, you know, it's a dream come true. For sure. Um, That's right. Do the podcast. <laughs> anyway, so Aaron Rodgers, look, I think it's interesting because Ty Dunn, I, I don't think anybody's going to question Ty Dunn's journalism chops, right? I, I feel... I mean, I don't know him extremely well. I know him, I know him fairly well. Um, I would call us acquaintances. Maybe not friends. Like, I'm probably not going to call Ty. I mean, anyway, we'd get beers together and I would enjoy it. But, um, I, I think, I, I think he's got a pretty good history of being, uh, a very adept journalist who adheres to good journalism principles. Now, having said that, when you're talking to Jermichael Finley and you're talking to Greg Jennings and you're talking to these ex-players who left under less than great terms, um, and we heard in that story that Greg, Aaron Rodgers basically said, Greg Jennings is out of here, and we all knew that when it was happening, and then never called him to try and get him back. Clearly, these guys are a little bitter because they're t- firing shots at Aaron Rodgers. You know, given the way that things have gone in Green Bay, given all the people that have left, and um, and this is no different than Pittsburgh because, and no different than New England, except – when you fire shots in New England, nobody takes it seriously. It's easy. It's it's not hard to find people who will take shots at some of these guys, especially after everything's fallen apart and Rodgers got Mike McCarthy fired and Mike McCarthy. Um, yeah, you know, it's when you attack multiple multiple fronts of the Packers organization, it's not hard to find uh, people to to discuss it. And then I like the the fact that Rodgers came back strong here. Yeah, I, I look. To your point, like, you can find people, I'm sure, with every instance who thinks a certain player is a bad leader, and then you can ask someone else, and they'll be like, what? Like, I have no problems with his leadership. Jay Cutler. Uh, Jay Cutler's a great example. Like, there were people who would blast Jay Cutler, and then people would be like, Jay Cutler's awesome. And funnily enough, um, Tyler Dunn also wrote a big story on Jay Cutler a few years ago (laughs) talking to former teammates, and, you know, a lot of them were like, I love this guy, and some of them were like, this guy, you know, was apathetic and, you know, didn't really treat me right. So I... You know, and football teams are are huge. Like, so you're not going to find all 52 guys in agreement about a player. So, I'm not questioning the reporting. Um, I'm sure Rodgers does feel like he wasn't portrayed in the correct way, um, but that doesn't mean the story's wrong. Of course, he's going to come out and deny it. Uh, what I liked about what he did is that he also defended McCarthy, 
Um, mm. I just thought that was maybe like he could have just came into that interview and he could have just defended himself because he was portrayed really badly in that story along with McCarthy. But he also came out and he tried to defend McCarthy's coaching style and the offense. Um, and I think that was a little bit of a mature thing to do and, you know, reminding people, look at all the good things McCarthy accomplished. Like, let's not, let's not treat him this way on his way out. So look, I personally believe a lot of the story. I'm not questioning the reporting. Um, but you know, what else is Rogers supposed to say? He's going to come out against this. The one thing I will think is interesting and Rogers in that clip you played was directly referring to it is that in that Bleacher Report story, um, Tyler Dunn has Murphy calling Rogers, mm-hmm. and when when he tells him that we're hiring Matt Lafleur, he says, "Don't be a problem," or I, I might be misquoting it. Um, it's something along those lines. Don't be the problem. And Rogers in that clip was saying that's a hundred percent false. And what Michael David Smith of Pro Football Talk pointed out on Twitter, which is kind of interesting, is if that because Tyler Dunn was directly naming Mark Murphy as saying this. Here's here's the, here's here's the paragraph. Um, right before the Packers announced Lafleur as their new head coach, the source close to the team says Murphy called Rogers to tell him who they were going with. He didn't ask for permission. He told him who the choice was. There's a brief pause in the other end of the phone before Rogers eventually spoke. Murphy made it clear that Rogers would need to accept coaching. Don't be the problem, he told him. Don't be the problem. So I don't want to you know source guess, but if you are referencing a pause in the phone call. That either sounds like you are the source is Murphy or someone who was in the room and the call was on speaker. Mm. Um, but what's interesting is that I, th- I feel like if that was blatantly false, you would have had the team and Murphy specifically come out and release a statement or a joint statement with Rogers. This is what Michael David Smith was pointing out. And like, remember the ESPN article on Belichick that in Brady and that ter- deteriorating relationship that had everyone up in arms. The Patriots, all three of them, Kraft, Belichick, and Brady, all came out and released a joint statement. Um, so that, to me, makes me think, again, that there are a lot of aspects of this story that are true, that a lot of players would agree with. But I'm sure, to Roger's point, there's a lot of, you know, his pals on the team, the Jordy Nelsons and whatnot, who are going to, you know, staunchly defend him. Um, so well, that's, what I, that's what I think. Well, let's, I mean, look, again, not we're not source-guessing, but, I mean, it does, whatever, it's 2019. I don't mind source-guessing a little bit. All right, let's look at who... Who got blasted in this Bleacher Report article? McCarthy and Rogers. And Ted Thompson. Yes. What do two of those three guys have in common? They were fired by Mark Murphy. Right. And Aaron Rodgers, you hear, and again, you point out that it's like the, look, I don't think that Mark Murphy's, I'm not saying Mark Murphy's the source here, but I do think that when Ty, when Tyler's writing, when Ty's writing the story, he is going to the Packers and saying, look, I'm, Writing the story, you know, he's not yeah, he's not bombshelling with them, and so you might you might talk to some personnel men, you might talk to some guys on the team to get some background about, you know, about the about whatever, and maybe somebody tells you a thing about Aaron Rodgers. Now, it's also possible that Mark he got it as a third hand, you know, a second or third hand quote from somebody about the conversation, and Murphy was saying, "Hey, man, don't be the problem." Like, you don't want to, and, and he, you know, cause you can take that different ways. He might have been like, it's not like he was like, don't be the problem, Aaron. I'm sick and tired. Maybe he was like, you don't want to be the problem here. You want to be somebody who encourages the coach, you know, like if you're on the opposite side of the coach, there's different ways to take that. You can tell somebody not to be the problem without, you know, you know, without yelling at their face. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has a rock solid contract. He's not going anywhere. Uh, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. And so, um, you know, I, I think, from that perspective, 
I mean, two angles. One, it makes sense that, you know, I mean, look, Mark Murphy comes out of this looking pretty good, I think, right? It's like, hey, like all this chaos is happening. Old Mark. He sort- and he also sorted it out by telling, you know, you know, the problem presents, the story presents Rodgers as somewhat of a problem and the coach problem. Will Aaron Rodgers be the problem? Is the only one question remains. Will Aaron Rodgers be the problem? And then it jumps to Ted Thompson. I mean, I'm not, I don't think it's Mark, I don't think Mark Murphy organized this whole thing. I think it was obvious to, to tie to, to go out and talk to these guys. And he was a beat reporter in, in Wisconsin. It was obvious to go out and talk to these guys and to say, Hey, like, what's the deal? And the more you hear from these guys going on record and quoting about Aaron Rodgers, the easier it is to dig and dig and dig and to put all this together. And he did a tremendous job doing it. Uh, I just think that, it, that Mark Murphy and the Packers front office, as is currently constructed, comes out looking pretty good because they've dealt with Mike McCarthy. They dealt with Ted Thompson. And now, can they deal with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, those are, those are the issues that they have to deal with. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it naturally makes sense that they would not issue a statement, co- you know, contradicting the, the Aaron Rodgers phone call. But and just a couple of things that I kind of want to refute that what Rodgers said, um, that to me just stick out as not really making sense in terms of his defense. It, I mean, this happens with every, you know, story that makes players look bad. They always talk about the writer looking to advance their career and all that. I mean, that, that to me is just BS because, I mean, A, Tyler Dunn does not, he's not, you know, this, he's, he has a job that he clearly probably really loves. He gets to write reported form, features. reported exactly. features for Beach like, Report. The pinnacle, you uh, know. Right, right. I mean, I, but you know what I'm saying. Like, he's not. He's not like, trying to score. He's not trying to score some job at the New York Times as a no, result. No, like of this. he's got a great job. Like I, in this idea that writers would do this because if it's proven to be wrong, then that ends your career. So I just right. the idea that a writer would do this to advance their career. That's just I feel like that's just something players will just throw out. I like he's uh, not he's not he's not throwing it all on the line so the ringer will come and offer him a job or something. You that's know, what like, I'm saying. It's like, like I mean that to me is just I mean come on. That's like. It's very cheap. And he has, uh, but, but he, the other, the other difference too is that he's not relying on all anonymous sources. He's got dudes on the record yes. lighting up Aaron Rodgers and they are bitter. Of course they don't like Aaron Rodgers. Greg Jennings and Aaron Rodgers have a feud and don't talk, but he has them on record and they used to be important pieces of the Packers. Right. And look, there's a reason why there are a lot of anonymous comments. It's because a lot of those people probably still work for the Packers. Yeah. So like, and like you, like you said, it's 20. Mark Murphy can't like, put his name on it. No, I'm just kidding. Like, uh-huh. of course there are going to be unnamed sources. Like everything that, you know, Adam Schefter, who's regarded as like the top insider, he's always has sources. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, every, look, look Schefter, Lockenfora, Glazer, Rapsheet. This is the way reporting is done. Um, The NFL NFL is a rumor-mongering business. And it's also worth pointing out, too, that Ty Dunn went out and got pro-Rogers quotes. And pro like, he painted everybody with both sides of the brush as best as he could. And he let – but, I mean, the reality is, like, the facts – you know, what you heard about these things – you know, led you down the road to believe that, that everybody here was sort of at fault. I think that's the big takeaway. And so if you're the Packers though, to me, like the, the thing you have to be worried about with Aaron Rodgers, you, you we talked about this when Breach was yesterday, but Breach was like, ah, you know, he'll just stuff Matt LaFleur in a locker. It's like, well, if he does that, that's the worst case. They need to work together. Like they, like the coach and the quarterback have to be on the same page again, the way they were when the Packers won a championship back in 2011, which my God, it's been a while. Yeah, I mean, um, and then the other two things I wanted to point out that uh, Rodgers was saying that these things about the Packers not thinking he was a good leader and him not liking McCarthy, he says 
they are untrue because if they were true, the Packers wouldn't have offered him an extension in August and he wouldn't have signed an extension, which, I mean, come on. Like, right. you, he could have had a bad relationship with Mike McCarthy and the Packers front office could have been concerned about his leadership and they still would have made him the game's highest paid quarterback. That yeah. to me doesn't prove a single thing. He could have gone to Mike McCarthy's house and, and taken a poop on his doorstep. Also, and Rodgers isn't dumb. He knew that if they were bad, McCarthy was probably getting fired. You know what I, I, mean? I mean? Like, he knew that there was a chance he was finishing his career with a different coach in Green Bay. We were talking during the season. Prisco, maybe it was Prisco or JLC or whatever. I mean, maybe it was us just, like, looking at it. It looked like Aaron Rodgers was not trying as hard as he possibly It did not look like Aaron Rodgers was maximizing his effort to save Mike McCarthy's job. Now, he went out there and he played with a bum knee. I get it. I get I think he'll be motivated, supremely motivated. Uh, but the bottom line is, you know, there there was a lot of drama in Green Bay. and There – and they're one of the most interesting teams this year because of all sure. this. Because what happens if they don't start well? Um, does Rodgers go rogue the kind of way that he went rogue with McCarthy? What if they go nine and seven and miss the playoffs? Is like Matt Lafleur better look out? I know mean, oh, gonna... it, it's funny too because the Packers are this you know stable organization, yeah. and it feels like they could be. I mean, who knows? They for all we know they're going to go twelve and four and whatever. Um, but it would be really interesting if they suddenly descend into this franchise that is changing coaches every year, and then suddenly in a couple of years going to might be changing quarterbacks um, once Rodgers retires. So it seems like they are kind of backed up, you know, to to the edge of the cliff right now. Um, and for all we know, they're going to be completely fine and they're going to regain their footing. But it feels like they're not far from tumbling over the cliff. Uh, I agree. All right. Also, already tumbled all the way into the cliff. The crevasse, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Antonio Brown quit on his teammates. He grew, dyed his mustache blonde. He went psychopath. He sunk his trade value. He got dealt to the Raiders. He signed a huge new contract. And then he stopped acting crazy. And now he's still firing shots back at the Steelers. We talked about this a bit, a little bit on Monday. We don't want to beat it, beat, beat the dead horse that it is, but, uh, Antonio Brown refused to let this go. I think at last check, Antonio Brown had sent out some tweets about being emotional. Yeah, so he he tweeted on Sunday, yes. Antonio Brown, um, about Juju, how he fumbled away the, the Steelers season, referring to a Week 16 fumble that Juju had. Juju did fumble. Um, it did probably cost the Steelers a playoff spot. That's when they lost their playoff uh, control over their playoff fates. And then Juju responded. And first of all, in that initial response, Juju came across as, like, the bigger person um, Juju wrote, all I ever did was show that man love and respect from the moment I got to the league. I was genuinely happy for him when he got traded to Oakland with a big contract, and now he takes a shot at me on social media, mm. which, all fair. And so that that was where we left off um, Sunday night. Monday afternoon, morning, <laughs> Antonio Brown did something very bizarre that I feel like has completely turned the tide, at least on social media, against him. Um, yes. and pro Juju in this. Well, before we enter Tony Brown, we should note that, um, on Monday afternoon, like early afternoon, not helping Antonio Brown as well, uh, Le'Veon Bell now. Of well, course, this was after. Oh, was it? Yeah, this was after all this stuff. Oh, okay. Happened, all right. Keep, continue. You, you're the, you're the millennial who's locked in. Well, I, I, I've just had to work the last few days. So I've had to write about all this. So Antonio Brown posted a screenshot of an old direct message that Juju Smith-Schuster, when he was at USC, sent to Antonio Brown. Mm. And the the message says from Juju to AB, 
What's up, AB? I'm a receiver at the University of Southern California. I appreciate all your work. You're a great man on and off the field. Do you have any tips that can help take my game to the next level? Thanks, man. And so Antonio Brown posts a screenshot of that, and the immediate reaction is, "What was the point of posting that?" Because and it, it posting was dot, that, and it was, and his caption was dot 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 dot, dot microphone emoji hashtag onto the next. It's almost like he's like saying, "Mic drop, I got him with this." Yeah. Um, but every single response to that photo was, "Do you realize you just made juju?" look good and now you look like a complete a-hole um because that that screenshot proves exactly what juju was saying on sunday when he was like i treated this person with respect and it looks like a young receiver politely asking one of his idols for help like there's nothing wrong with that message it comes across as really endearing honestly um and makes me cool like juju he's... more and remember juju's like yes. juju's 22 or 23 right now yeah. so th- th- he was like 18 or 19. I mean, he's just reaching out. It's like, it's like when I used to like, I used to, you probably didn't do this because you're too young for it, but, um, we used to write uh, letters to famous athletes. Like I wrote one to Gary Carter and, uh, and Nolan Ryan and they both sent me back signed baseball cards. Like I said, I was like, Hey, I, I, you're one of my favorite baseball players in the world. Will you sign this? And that's basically what he did, except on a more, Hey, like, like reasonable level. Cause he's like, Hey, I'm a young receiver. I'm going to be professional. Like- yeah. Yeah, and bear in mind that in 2015, uh, Antonio Brown was a two-time All-Pro uh, and had led the league in receiving once and had just, um, I guess this was actually in November of 2015. So he's in the middle of his second really great season. But Antonio Brown was not Antonio Brown. He yeah. is not He is not current Antonio crazy pants Brown, uh, superstar Brown who is, I mean, like, it, it, I guess I'm saying that he was reaching out to a superstar, but he wasn't reaching out to somebody who was He was showing a level of respect to Brown that, you know, that Brown wasn't a future Hall of Famer at that point. He was a, a dynamic, a blossom, like, great like, receiver like, hey, who this could be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was like, hey, there was not a Antonio Brown is the best receiver in football discussion at that point in time. No, that was no. not he happening was just in a young, good talent. No, yeah. And so I can't figure out why Brown posted this. And, I mean, he posts this, and everyone's talking about it on Twitter. And so I know I have to write about it at some at, in some form. But writing a headline for a post like this was really hard because I couldn't write, like, Antonio Brown's latest jab, attempted jab at Juju Smith-Schuster, like, backfires. Because I was worried that he wasn't even trying to throw a jab at Juju. Because I don't see in what way anyone could read that message and think, got him. Like, Juju Smith-Schuster looks terrible now. I think... Um, I should have had this pulled up, but someone had a really good tweet to sum up the last two days, which was, this is pretty much like AB writing, Juju fumbled the season away. Juju replies, I've done nothing but respect you. And then AB comes back with, not true. Look at this message you sent me on Instagram when you were in college, when you politely asked for advice. No, it'd be like if, um, AB's like, Juju murdered a man. He's like, I'm innocent. AB's like, haha, you're innocent. It's like, you just so, proved his point. Like, you just showed that he's done nothing but show respect for you. And Juju didn't have to handle this the whole way. Like, Juju was the team. People have been like taunting AB with Juju and Juju has taken a very clear, like, hand, like, hey, no, 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 no. Like, AB's the guy. AB is the, this is his right. team. He That's is why the I'm also hesitant to call it like a feud because it seems like it's yeah. one person yelling. I mean, I keep calling it a feud because I don't know what else to call it, but it's kind of just like, 
this old man, I mean, he's not old, but old in NFL terms, yelling at this young guy, and the young guy doesn't want a part of it, and his responses are like, why is he coming after me? And so I hope Juju doesn't respond. I don't think he will. I mean, I think if anyone has to respond, it's Brown, because everyone's asking, what was the point of you doing that? The best response, though, as you mentioned, was Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> no, 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 no. The best response was in the Instagram comments, in which Michael Rappaport jumps in and goes, you played yourself at AB, and Kevin Durant then comes in and says, what did he say? He said, get out, or like, get a, he said, like, get a life. And so, like, a, I, like, I love the idea. It's like, what a 2019 situation. Uh, yeah, what a world we, I mean, that's what I was thinking about as I'm like writing all these posts about Twitter beef and Instagrams. Like, 10 years ago, like, who would have thought if you're an NFL writer, like, you would so much of your job, um, increasingly would be about trying to figure out what these players mean when they're tweeting these, you know, jabs at each other. Dude, t- um, I mean, 10 years ago, I mean, have I, well, 10 years, first of all, 10 years ago, Twitter was not a thing. I mean, it was a thing, but not really. Instagram wasn't around. Um, and what you would do is like, if, if you had, if you saw a tweet or like an Instagram post like this in 2013, you'd be the first person to have it. And like, you would write a story about it and it would blow up because nobody was on it. And now it's like, you probably couldn't even like embed the Instagram. You'd probably just have hell to like no. you had translate like, it. underneath or, a photo of this. Yeah. 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 And, and then like you would. And now it's like in 2019, if you, if you take 30 minutes to write a story about something somebody wrote on Instagram, you're the 50th story out there. Right. right. It's like, it's already, and everyone already knows it because they saw it on social yeah. media. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's crazy. Anyway, um, all right. That's so Levy on, oh, Bell. Levy on Bell. Um, Sorry. Yes, 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 yes. So I guess, well, it really started with James Connor. Um, because I guess James Connor has seen the way Juju and Antonio Brown have been going back and forth on Twitter, more so from Brown. Um, and Connor texted Le'Veon Bell saying, pulling it up right now, saying, what's up, bro? Just reaching out. Social media got dudes acting crazy, and it got me thinking you was always a real one, never talked bad about nobody, and was always solid. I appreciate that. Congrats on the new deal. You weathered the storm and came out stronger. Like you always say, all positive vibes. And Le'Veon Bell takes a screenshot of that text and posted on Twitter saying, I usually don't post private conversations, but this text just hit me so differently. I love you to death, bro. And then that to me, it's just, it's really funny because it's the Bell and opposite. Brown are kind of in same situations or similar situations. Yeah. They're both it, but they have complete polar opposites with their replacements in Pittsburgh. And what I find interesting in, but but what's crazy? The one handling this right because right. But what's crazy is that like like James Connor literally replaces Bell. Antonio Brown and Juju coexisted and had monster (laughs) seasons together. Like why is he? And and it makes you wonder because from Le'Veon Bell's perspective, you look at this. Why would he have any hard feelings towards James Connor? Bell got the contract he wanted. He moved on just fine. And in in a weird way, like I feel like he's less. controversial to Pittsburgh fans because they feel fine because they have James Conner and they, they don't miss Le'Veon Bell as much. So, but then you should apply that to Antonio Brown. Why does Antonio Brown feel the need to attack, you know, the guy who's, you know, kind of replacing him as a wide receiver one. He got the trade he wanted. He got the new contract he wanted. You know what I mean? Like, why does he care anymore about Juju? Um, and I, what I, what I think is also funny is that Le'Veon Bell a year ago held out and, I'm not saying everyone thought this. I didn't think this, but there's a lot of talk about how Bell was a distraction, 
and he was the diva, and you know what I mean, breaking apart the locker room. Never mind the fact that Connor was talking about during the season how Bell was sending him an encouraging text and all this. Um, but it's funny that Bell was kind of pointed, painted as the diva, and I think now the last few months have shown that even though Bell was holding out, it's probably Brown who was the bigger distraction to the team. And if this is going on on Twitter right now, like, I feel like there has to be some sort of stuff that went on last year that we don't know about. And I think Albert Breer even tweeted, like, if you're surprised by this, you weren't paying attention last year. I think Antonio Brown is doing Ben Roethlisberger a very solid favor. Cause he yeah, is. Well, I mean, he's doing the Steelers a favor. I mean, I kind of crushed the Steelers for the trade because I didn't think they got enough for Brown. But with everything that he's been doing, it's kind of making the trade look like – I don't buy the full argument of, like, they because they got rid of Brown and Bell, they're going to be better because of no drama. I mean, talent still wins out in the NFL, and they're down two of the best playmakers in football. Uh, but I certainly can understand why they were so eager to move on instead of trying to drag this on through the summer and hope they can, re- you know, get back together and everything. I think um, I think there's a very good chance that ultimately Antonio Brown is spiking a football in Derek Carr's face by week six when things are going poorly for Oakland. And isn't it funny that I feel like you and Ryan were joking about when Antonio Brown was like dying his mustache. Like he was, what a genius he was. Like he just decided to act like he was a total lunatic in order to get out. And then he shows up to the Oakland press conference, no more blonde mustache. And it was just an act. I think it's pretty clear that this was not just an act. He's clearly a psychopath or a sociopath (laughs) or something or whatever it is. I mean, he's not, he's not just, he's not just a normal human. No, and to a degree, like, to get to that level, like, you kind of have to be wired differently. I mean, like, Brady's kind of a nut also in, in much different ways. It, it feels like all these, like, athletes, and if you need, like, some sort of edge, and you probably, Antonio, I'm sure Antonio Brown, this, like, chip on the shoulder he has about Juju, I'm sure that has helped him throughout his career get to this point. Um, but yes, he, he is coming across, I'm like kind of like, I'm like sick of it at this point. Like it's not like 100%. funny or interesting. It's just, just be quiet, man. Like no one. You got out. You got, not even responding to you. You got like, out and you got paid. Shut up and go, go, it. go, go boom business out in Oakland and stop firing shots to the Steelers. All right. We're going to, we're going to, we probably won't stop talking about this, but we're going to stop talking about this right now. And then we'll talk about it more. I'm sure this off season because he tweets again. A-hole won't quit tweeting. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and Sean and I will come back and tell you who's going to miss the playoffs next year. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. It's far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. But first, Sean, what did you think about WrestleMania? 
I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I didn't watch. I was like, are you kidding me? I didn't watch WrestleMania either. I knew you. I knew you would watch. I was like trying to figure out: is like CBS involved? Can I trash it? Like, yeah. So I don't want to trash WrestleMania because I don't want it to. um, uh, Like, I don't want. I don't want anybody who listens to this podcast to be. I think people people who watch wrestling. Uh, yeah, appear yeah. to be very sensitive about the idea that you would insult wrestling. And, and I, look. And I, there's also a big crossover evidenced by my Twitter for like 12 hours yesterday. But as Tom Fernelli, our friend and colleague and uh, frequent guest on the show, has pointed out correctly, like 95% of my Twitter friends watch wrestling and like 5% of my real friends watch wrestling. Like I don't know anybody in, in real life that I am in contact with uh, regularly through human interaction as opposed to the internet that was like, oh man, we're watching, like, I just don't know anybody. And that's not knocking it. I just, I don't know. It's just not my thing. Um, anyway, on to the teams. Although I did like, although actually, you know what? I do know one wrestler. The Miz, the guy who got, uh, did the suplex off the camera tower. You see that on Twitter? He's in my fantasy, uh, fantasy football league. Oh, that's cool. He's in the League of Leagues with Jonah Carey. Um, so that's exciting. Anyway, on to the teams who might not make the playoffs. So we did five teams that we think will get in. If those five teams all get in, it would stand to reason, Sean, that five teams would have to miss the playoffs. However, that, that checks out. That math does, yes. However, I find it more difficult this year. Last year, I thought it was easy to find teams who would miss the playoffs. This year, I think it's harder to find teams who will miss and easy to find teams who will make, which leads me to believe that we could, like, for instance, the first pick I would have if I was picking a team to miss the playoffs would be the Baltimore Ravens. And I don't want to, I, I like the Ravens. I picked them to win the division, correctly picked them to win the division last year, correctly bet on them to win more than eight games, correctly bet on them to make the playoffs, and then faded the hell out of them when they played the Chargers. I don't think they're going to win nine or 10 games this year. I think they're, they might win nine, but I think they'll miss the playoffs. Um, that to me is an easy one with the Steelers and the Browns lurking in that division, right? I mean, they just, I just don't know the circumstances that are also outside of their control. The Browns are good. The Steelers are good. Right. And Baltimore last year, when they went on that huge run and piled up yardage with Lamar Jackson running the football, they got a historically incredible setup where they played, um, I think it's six of seven of the worst defenses against the run by DVOA in a row. I mean, that's like, that's like rolling, uh, that's like flipping a coin and getting heads 52 times in a row. It's it just, it's unlikely to happen. I don't know why I picked 52. I was saying, well, that sounds impossible to happen unless you're the Patriots who have created an edge and coin tosses. Well, I feel like six, six heads is not impossible to do. Like that could happen. No. But, but like, to, um, to land, yeah. to land on your schedule that you don't control, and that you randomly happens after you insert this rookie quarterback to get six of the seven worst teams in football against the run. It's really in a row. It's really hard to do. Like that's, that's difficult to do. They got, I mean, you don't control it. It just happens to be pure circumstance. It did happen for them. I don't think it's going to happen again this year. I have major, major concerns about their receiving, re- receiving weapons. I mean, as should anybody. Lamar Jackson is not an accurate quarterback yet. I think he's getting better, but he's not there quite yet. I think he might need another year before he really develops. Um, John Harbaugh is a great coach. Uh, defensively, they lost a lot. Now, they added Earl Thomas, but they lost Terrell Suggs and Eric Weddle and C.J. Mosley. I mean, they lost a lot of guys. So, to me, the Ravens are an obvious step-back team. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable like betting on it because 
Look, they have one of the better coaches in football. I still think that defense is going to be good. I don't know. I think the C.J. Mosley loss is pretty big. Um, sure. But if Earl Thomas is healthy and playing at the speed he can play at, that is a complete game changer. So much of it will come down to Lamar Jackson's development as a passer, which we just can't really predict. We just don't know how he's going to do. But I would lean on it's going to be a bit of a struggle for him just looking at their receiver room, I think. Is Willie Sneed their like most accomplished receiver? Yeah. It is like... And Chris Moore is their number of, two? Yeah, I think so. It is like... I mean, they're just going to run this. Are they just going to run with Gus and Mark Ingram and Lamar? Like, how is that? That's not going to work every game. You can't keep running with Lamar like that. Like, you don't want him to get hurt. So he needs to take the next step as a passer. I like Lamar a lot as a long-term quarterback, and I think I don't think he's going to be bad this next season. I just think they they actually sneakily lost a lot in free agency, Um, and so much will again come down to Lamar Jackson's development, and he will make. You mainly for picking them. I'm not so sure. Uh, you make you look a little bit silly if, if he comes out and suddenly is throwing accurate passes downfield. That's fine. Um, um, but, if you had to make one bet in the AFC on a team to win the division, would you take the Browns at seven to five, meaning a little bit more than um, one? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. It's like one. I wish they would just do the the. I don't like the the uh, fractional. It messes me up. I prefer the decimal. Um, the Steelers at eight to five. The Ravens at five to two, meaning the Ravens are two and a half to one to win the division, or the Bengals at thirty to one. I do not like the Bengals at thirty to one. Uh, See, I like the I might like the Bengals the best. Because I mean, the idea being like, if you bet, let's say, let's say, yeah, I, yeah, let's say I give the you payout. You're saying the payout, yeah. but like the Bengals aren't winning the division. All right, but I put twenty bucks in the Bengals to win the division. Why you're throwing away twenty dollars? I mean, the Bengals can win the division. Weird things. The Bengals happen. can't win the division. The, Thirty to one is an insane amount for a divisional yeah, odds. But because they're not going to win, they're not going. They're not going to win the division. They can win the division. But at any rate, I, I, that would be my gamble as the long shot. Oh no, actually, I take that back. If I had a hundred dollars to bet on this division, this is really this is this the podcast we should have done uh, instead of five teams to miss the point. Miss the yeah, but then we would have had you would have had to give me more heads up in twenty minutes. An hour. I give you an hour. Um, I would bet, uh, if I had a hundred dollars to bet on this division, I would bet $30. No, I bet $20 on the Bengals. I would return 600 bucks if they win the division. I mean, that, that is a, a six to one profit if, if they win the division, um, on your whole investment. And then, uh, I would bet $80 on the Steelers. Um, I wish if we, if I'd known you were going to talk about the insane 31 odds and how you just have to take it. We should have had the sound clip from the office queued up from Kevin where he's talking about if anyone ever gives you a thousand to one odds, you take it. <laughs> Would have been very on brand with our earlier Kevin um, sound clip. Um, the Philip, Philip, Philip one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I, I stopped listening to your rest of your odds. I was looking up for the sound clip. But you got a hundred dollars. What are you going to do with it? I'm not putting a dollar on the Bengals because I think that's just thrown away. Um, a dollar. I would, I don't know how I would do, I would spread it around the three teams because I think the Ravens, Steelers, and Browns all could conceivably win it. Um, I'm not touching the Bengals. I don't care about 31 odds. There's a reason they're 31 odds. I think you're right. Obviously, as people can probably tell, I'm looking for the, uh, Kevin Odds video. It's not going to happen. Okay. Moving along. Um, I think the other, when I, when the other, the other division, the other thing I look at from the AFC perspective, I think there's pro, I don't, I don't know if it's a layup. But I think there's a pretty good chance that we don't get two AFC South teams. 
So the question is, do you bank on Andrew Luck not staying healthy, or do you bank on Deshaun Watson not staying healthy? And I think that I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? Yeah, and I think the obvious choice is that the Texans will be the one to miss the playoffs because I, I that offensive that. line is atrocious. And they could throw every single pick at that offensive line. At the end of the day, it's still a bunch of rookies, and you just don't know how they're going to fare in their rookie season. So um, I think the Colts also have the better coach. And the coach who has shown through play calling that he can help the quarterback stay healthy by making the quarterback get rid of the ball quickly. And we were saying at points last year that it looks like it looked like Bill O'Brien was trying to get Deshaun Watson killed at points. So I think you take the quarterback and the coach and the better offensive line. Um, the odds for this division, by the way, are five to four for the Colts. Pretty heavy favorite there. Nine to four for the Texans. So over two Ooh. to one. Seven to two for the Jaguars. Six to one for the Titans. I would wager on you know what I, would, I would wager on the Titans. Yeah, I mean, I like the Texans' odds because I mean, I think I'm pretty low on the Jags um, after the full signing, but I think you could make an argument for all four teams. Yeah, I agree. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like if look if the Jaguars and the Titans made the playoffs and the Colts and the Texans were out. It, it, that sounds insane right now, but relative to things that happen on a year-to-year basis in the NFL, that's not that crazy. And year-to-year in that division. I mean, yeah. people were sold on the Jaguars becoming, you know, a, a, a this team that is going to keep challenging for, you know, people Super Bowl were, People were bringing the Jaguars to win the Super Bowl last year. Prisco right. had them in the Super Bowl, please. Uh, in the – is there anybody else in the, the – now here's where it gets tricky in the AFC. So we're, we're projecting the Texans and the Ravens. We both agree on that. Are you going to pick the Patriots, Texans, or I mean Patriots, uh, Chargers, or Chiefs to miss the playoffs? No, but I could see the Chargers finding a way to Chargers it up. I, actually, I mean, based I, off talent alone, I really love them, and I think they could just win the AFC West because they're a more complete team. And if Mahomes just has a bit of regression, which he's, probably will happen, he's, he's going he, to regress from that touchdown percentage. I mean, what if Tyreek Hill is suspended half the season? This is not off the I table mean, at all. I mean, he could be cut if something he, if he, the he charges could, come out. Yeah. Let's say Tyreek Hill is cut, Travis Kelsey gets hurt, and Mahomes doesn't have a great season, and the offensive line is banged up, and their defense sucks. I mean, that they could win nine. They could go nine and seven and miss the playoffs. I mean, that, that's yeah. not that's yeah, not yeah. off the table. Yeah, I don't think any of us are picking them to make to miss the playoffs, but um, no, I think if you're asking between the Patriots, Chiefs, and Chargers. Um, I think it's the AFC West team that could only have one team coming out. For the record, the Chiefs were 10.7 expected wins according to the Pythagorean theorem. That's, uh, your, your points for, points against, triangulated, pew, 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 nerd fest. Uh, but that, uh, that tends, what, what that says is that the Chiefs overperformed or their record was better than their actual performance. Yeah. And they've got a kicker who's making kicks at like 90%, I think, um, which maybe he is that good or maybe he will come down a bit to like the 85% that a lot of kickers are I mean, at. if Patrick Mahomes hadn't thrown 50 touchdowns last year, we'd probably be having a discussion about uh, the Chiefs being I, – I don't, I don't, he 50 touchdowns and an 8.6 touchdown percentage and 9.6 yards per attempt. There's a really good chance he doesn't do that next year. Yeah, just be- and that's not because he's going to be bad. It's just that's just there's a reason why Peyton Manning was the only other quarterback to throw fifty touchdowns and five thousand yards. There's there's it's, like it's a really hard. There's like a ninety percent chance he doesn't do it next year. Yeah, I'm with you. It, it sucks because he's one of my keepers in my my keeper league, and I can't. I don't want to drop him, but I should because I have other 
players, but you have to write him out. Yeah. yeah. Is that that league? But it where, sucks because I know I'm not going to get that value. Is that the, is that yeah. the league where you have like uh, all those running backs? Yeah, the well, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I'm going to have to drop him. Um, yes. David Johnson, Chubb. How many do you keep? Four. Yeah, I'm going to have to drop a good player. This happens every year. This is why I always have to make bad trades, like a two-for-one trade. Oh, you had to do this like why Christian McCaffrey and Melvin Gordon for Kareem Hunt or something ridiculous. Yeah, 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 yeah. and I thought it was a great deal. And then... um, any chance the Patriots miss the playoffs? Only if Tom Brady gets hurt. Okay. Patriot, this could be the Patriots year. Nobody's talking about it. No Gronk. It could be the year. Oh, my God, stop it. We're not starting this. And I mean, it's going to happen at some point. I mean, they played like half. I feel like they played half this year without without Gronk. The, Bill, the Bills fun. and the Jets are substantially better. The Dolphins stink. It could happen. Uh, I mean, NFC wise, I, I, I mean, look, the, Char- the Chargers could get the Chargers could win eight games too. I wouldn't be surprised. I think the Chargers are pretty good though. Uh, NFC wise, I think the NFC East is a a division that is ripe for a little bit of turnover, at least in the sense of um, I don't know that two teams, the Cowboys, who had a uh, net points of plus 15 and the Eagles who are plus 19 are necessarily going to go back to the playoffs. I do think when you look at the, um, when you look at what the Eagles did in terms of their defensive line additions, and I don't know that Chris Long has officially announced yet. Maybe we should ask him on Twitter. Like, Hey dude, what are you, what are you doing? I think he's coming back. Is he definitely coming back? Cowboys, I'm by not, the way. I thought so. But I, 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 I like, I like what the Eagles have done is my, is my point. I, I think that the, I think the Eagles are set up well. They did a good job. They got to the playoffs. No, I, I, I gotta give Eagles fans credit. Nobody came at me for saying that the Eagles could miss the playoffs and when they actually made the playoffs because I think it worked out for both parties. The Eagles looked like a team that should miss the playoffs and yet the Eagles did make the playoffs, but the Eagles probably shouldn't have been in the playoffs. Don't we, don't we agree? Yeah. Like, like my theory, my, my, my approach to the, the construct of the idea wasn't wrong. No, no, I don't think so. Um, um, I don't know which of those two teams is going to miss the playoffs, but I feel pretty confident that one of those two teams will miss the playoffs. Um, I think Carson Wentz's like injury history is concerning, and they don't have foals this year um, to bail them out if that happens again. Big concern. Um, and I do think they still have, you know, regardless of if if Long comes back the back end of their defense could use some serious upgrading. And yep. so um, I don't think the Jordan Howard trade has like fixed their running back situation all of a sudden. So they still have, I think both of those teams are very flawed. A lot um, of old offensive linemen on those teams. On that team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of it will come down to health and you know, which one does Dak stay healthy or does one stay healthy? Which one gets hurt? I agree. Um, that's Dak's been very healthy. Doesn't miss a lot of games. Doesn't take any big hits. I would, I would, I would bet on Dak staying healthy over Wentz. Um, I would take the Eagles over the, uh, to miss or make, to make right now at this point in time. I think I would take the Cowboys, even though that would mean rooting for Jason Garrett's success and getting frustrated by that. But are your Chicago Bears going to make the playoffs? I I would pick them. I think they're, I I think they're an obvious regression team. Yeah, yeah, I, I would still pick them. I mean, they won 12 games, so there's room to regress and make the playoffs. Um, I think there's a chance they don't regress, but I, I'm not going to be, I'm not one of those Bears fans who, if people point out that they could regress, I'm like going crazy about that because I, I think you can see it. And I think 
how you see it is you look at what happened to the Jaguars after, you know, they had that great season out of nowhere. Riding a defense, a inconsistent quarterback. Granted, I think Trubisky is better than Bortles and has a higher ceiling than Bortles. And I think with their coaching situation, they have a much better chance of getting more out of him this year. Um, But, you know, I could see that. I mean, no one's really talking about the loss of Bryce Callahan, which I think even hurt them in the playoffs um, and why they lost to the Eagles. Um, They lost Adrian Amos. Um, and they don't have, they don't have a first and second round pick. Do I have that right? Yeah, they don't have a first or second round pick, so it's harder to replace them. And no Vic Uh, Fangio. No Vic Fangio. So that's the the biggest deal. That's the biggest deal to me. Exactly. And now, and like they did get Chuck Pagano, who before his, um, you know, his, a lot of it was uninspiring, um, coaching, uninspiring is the wrong word, um, considering he came back from cancer. Um, his like lackluster coaching run at the end, um, with the Colts, I feel like that kind of, we only had him a bit, but he was a good defense. Like, I think they did well. No. Did he only have, did he only have one season as a, as defensive coordinator? Am I wrong about that? I swear he was only, right. I might just be, yeah, he was, he was only DC for one year in Baltimore. What was he before, like the linebackers or secondary? Uh, he, cause he was in Miami with, uh, Butch Davis and he came to the Browns. Then he went to Carolina with Butch Davis for a year and then he was a secondary coach, uh, with the Ravens from 2008 through 2010. Um, and, uh, somebody left. Who left? Somebody left the Ra- Somebody left the Ravens as, uh, as DC in what I'll, year? I'll tell you in one second. It was, um, it was, uh, uh, Greg Madison. Maybe he got fired and Chuck Pagano got promoted. Either way, Chuck Pagano became the DC in 2011 and, um, and the Ravens, uh, were pretty good and he got hired right after that. Okay. Well, okay. Then maybe. He's a, he, look, I, I think it was a good hire. It was a, it was a good hire. Based off the available options. And they, I think they wanted Todd Bowles and they tried really hard to bring Todd Bowles, yep. but then Bruce Arians kind of made sure that Todd Bowles wasn't going to leave Tampa. All of this will come down to Trubisky, right? It's yep. I think we can expect their defense to get worse. Even if Fangio was still there, I think the defense would probably get worse. Um, I think if you look at like games lost to injury, the Bears were very healthy last year. So I think you can probably expect a little bit more injury troubles. Um, so a lot of it will come down to does Trubisky take the next step? And I think there were some encouraging signs at the end of the year. Um, but also still a lot of inconsistencies. Like he played very well in the fourth quarter of the playoff loss to the Eagles. And, you know, if Cody Parkey makes that field goal, we're talking about that great game winning drive. Um, but he also struggled through the first half of that playoff game. And there's a reason why they didn't score that many points. Um, so I think a lot of it comes down to Trubisky and NFC North is just a weird division. I mean, we just were talking about the backers. Um, and look, look Aaron, Aaron Rodgers from the Vikings being talked about as a Super Bowl contender. So. Absolutely. And the, the Vikings could be much better. Aaron Rodgers could have an FU tour. Uh, the Lions, I mean, I know that you're not going to take the Lions. The Lions could surprise. I mean, look, Lions winning the NFC North would not be the weirdest thing in the world. It's more likely than the Bengals winning the AFC North, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, eight to five for the Bears at the odds, two to one for the Vikings, two to, there's all, all these odds would be the Westgate out in Vegas, uh, two to one for the Packers. I mean, clearly, like you have three teams inside of two to one. That's a very snug division. Um, and then the Lions at 14 to one. I, I don't know. I bet on the Packers to win the division last year and that was, that was dumb. I think the Bears were eight or nine to one. 
Maybe they were like 14 to 1 and then the Cleo Mack trade happened and they were a little bit higher. Yeah, yeah. But even after the Mack trade last year, people were like, there's no way they're winning the division. I mean, if they win seven games, that's great. You know, they'll be in the, and, and so. They're a year away is what you heard. Right. I mean, even you yeah. said it. Oh, did I? I'm, I'm sure I did. Yeah, of course. Um, that's domestic in nature. Okay. What, uh, what else? Oh, so NFC South and NFC West. Again, you have two, stu- two studly teams that met the NFC Championship game in the Saints and the, and the Rams. Hard to pick against them making it back. Uh, the Seahawks, they won 10 games last year in a rebuilding year. So it wouldn't be surprising at all if they're, I mean, do you think we'll see the status quo here? Who's the, who's the, is this the year Tampa finally jumps up now that no one is no. picking them to make a move? Is Atlanta back? Can Carolina win? I mean, I don't I, know. I, mean, I think we mentioned this, Sam- Ryan and I kind of mentioned this yesterday about that we think we could see Atlanta making the playoffs. I would um, say, look, if you told me, if you, if we fast forwarded nine months from now and you're like, is it nine months? Maybe it's more than that. Like 12 months, whatever it is, whatever, who cares? Um, what are we fast forwarding? April. So if you fast forward to January of 2020 and you were like, Hey, dude, oh, gotcha. guess what? The Niners won the West and the Falcons won the South. I, I, I'd be like, Whoa. I believe it. I'd be like, whoa, that's a crazy season, but I wouldn't be like, that's not true. You're lying, future me. Are we concerned at all about Drew Brees and aging? Hmm. Um, That might be like kind of like a hot take, but I mean, absolutely, he was not good at the end of the year, and there was a lot of speculation that he was dealing with an injury that was never officially talked about. Hmm. Um, I have via Warren Sharp um, before Thanksgiving. On his deep passes, he was completing 63% of them, averaging 18 yards per attempt, six touchdowns, no interceptions, 144 passer rating. After Thanksgiving on his deep balls, 41% completion percentage, so that's a drop in 22%, averaging 10.2 yards per attempt, so roughly eight yards he's losing. One to two touchdowns to interceptions after going 6-0, and and then a 63 rating, which is like 80 points lower. So, I mean, maybe he was hurt, or maybe this is, what is he, 39 yeah, I mean he's old, and they were they were. It could they, happen. I mean, they made a happened. push to re-sign Teddy Bridgewater in free agency. Like they clearly, they want insurance. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, we were shocked when it happened to Peyton. And yeah, I, I do. I do think. I do think that like that Breeze and Brady and Rogers and maybe not Rivers and Ben, but most of these guys do all these different exercises enough where they're not gonna like fall off a cliff. And Peyton had four neck surgeries too, so. But yeah, look, look, Drew Brees. I'm just saying Brady has kind of, I feel like, made us a little bit forget about how these guys can potentially just fall off a cliff. It's not just going to be these slow signs. It's just going to be suddenly they're not good. I'm not saying that's going to happen to Brees, but if you were to say how did the Falcons win win the South, it probably is a Brees decline. They also lost, I mean, Mark Ingram. So now it's is Alvin Kamara going to run, be the guy for 16 games? The defense took a step back. I mean – Latavius Murray's the savior here. I don't know. They're, 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 look, all this, the caveat being that the draft has to happen and we'll see some players added. But yeah, if you told me the Saints won, if the Saints went eight and eight and didn't make the playoffs, I'd believe it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick them to miss the playoffs though. And also just because they have Sean Payton. And I, if you're trying to bet on teams, I would just in general take the teams with the best quarterbacks and the best coaches. Right. I would, I would probably have two teams from the South make the playoffs again this year. I think you'll see a bounce back for the South. Yeah. And I honestly, I mean, the NFC is tough to pick, to pick teams to miss the playoffs. I might have to go the team of the East and maybe the Bears. I mean, if I had to, you know, take two out of the NFC because I don't, I like what the Seahawks did in a rebuilding year. 
Um, yeah, yeah. And I, you're not, no one's picking the Rams to miss the playoffs. So no. I think it has to be Eagles, Cowboys, Bears, two of those teams. I can see myself writing a, here's why the Rams will miss the playoffs this year story based on the, the, the Super Bowl hangover is legit. When you go in there and like whether you win or lose, the following year is tough because everybody knows you came this close to, to meeting expectations and you didn't get there. And they, they, you know, they've lost some, and Domkin Sue's gone and they've added pass rushers and all that. But, uh, you know, Jared Goff doesn't have to take another step forward. I mean, he, he had some bad moments last year. So, and I, they lost their center too, or they let, they let their center. Offensive leave. lines. Well, I mean, like Andrew Whitworth is 39. Maybe he gets hurt and the, the offensive line falls apart. I could, I could be talked into the Rams missing the playoffs, um, and the Seahawks and the 49ers making it. Or, or maybe just the, the 49ers winning the division, the Seahawks and the Rams missing it. I mean, yeah, I think you could talk yourself into the Seahawks maybe missing the playoffs too. Sure. Of course. Uh, there's drama with Russell that's currently unfolding. All right. Let's get out of here. Those are our very vague teams to miss the playoffs, but close enough. It's a good discussion about it. Always fun. Sean, follow him on Twitter at Sean J Wagner. Thanks, buddy.